Learning to be happy with Da. Hello and welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the origin of fear and insecurity and how this knowledge helps us make sense of why we are the way we are. As you may recall from exploring the pyramid of emotion, fear is at the root of all our painful feelings. Fear is easily transformed into sadness and anger by means of different thoughts. While we may or may not be aware of all our fears and insecurities, it's only when we make peace with our anger and sadness that we begin to understand the fear for what it really is. To understand fear, we need to understand attachment, since they always coexist. Wherever there is fear, there is attachment, and wherever there is attachment, there is fear. I previously described attachment as a kind of perspective or a way of relating to the things we desire. When we think we need something in order to be happy, to feel good, or avoid feeling bad, we tend to take it very seriously. This seriousness is a kind of anxiety, and that is attachment. However, attachment can also be experienced as excitement, when there's hope and confidence that we'll get the things we want. The perspective that our joy or peace of mind is conditional, however, gives rise to the three fears. The fear of, one, losing what you have, which you think you need in order to feel good. Two, not getting what you want or think you need in order to feel good. Three, having to experience things you believe have the power to make you feel bad. But how does fear relate to security and insecurity? Well, the term security refers to a feeling of certainty, trust, or confidence that one's needs will be fulfilled. The term insecurity refers to a feeling of uncertainty, doubt, or anxiety around whether one's needs will be fulfilled or not. From here, you might conclude that confidence and certainty give rise to feelings of security and that having confidence and control of what's going on in our lives is the answer to overcoming fear. And that is how most people live their lives. But feelings of security and insecurity, like all our other feelings, evolve from our own subjective perspective. So some people make it harder on themselves than others. For example, one person may believe that $500 is enough to feel secure. So when they have $500, they feel secure. But another person thinks they need $2,000 to feel secure, and they only feel secure when they have $2,000. But here is where we use the magic question, how again? How does the presence or absence of numbers on your banking app make you feel secure or insecure? The wise person realizes it's not the money that they want, but the feeling of security. And in realizing their feelings come from inside them, They practice feeling secure for no reason whatsoever. That doesn't make them lazy. You don't need fear and insecurity to motivate you. People who feel secure don't sit around all day not doing anything. They just go about their doings feeling happy and content rather than feeling hopeful or anxious. So yes, managing our fear can be as simple as improving our confidence, practicing contentment, 
and getting comfortable with uncertainty. It really is that simple. But that doesn't explain the origin of fear. So where do our fears come from? Why do we have them? Well, there are two perspectives, the conventional and the spiritual. I will start with the conventional perspective and finish with the spiritual. Conventionally speaking, we appear to be a body, and looking at the body, we realize it's fragile and impermanent, and this makes us anxious. The world is a scary place for a body. The body needs water, food, clothing, and shelter in order to survive and experience well-being. Not only that, but unlike many animals, we can't survive on instinct alone. Human beings have evolved to depend on each other, and to be excluded, forgotten, or abandoned would mean certain death, and so we have evolved to be incredibly sensitive to signs of inclusion, exclusion, approval, and disapproval as a matter of survival. To put it simply, we have physical and social needs. It's natural for us to desire pleasure, food, and shelter, and to fear pain, starvation, illness, and exposure. It's also natural for us to desire acceptance and fear rejection. But what we as individuals think will lead to rejection or abandonment is something we all learn from our own experience. And this is how it happens. As children, we're completely dependent on our caregivers for everything. We need them to provide us with food and shelter, and to teach us things. A child needs their parents to survive. And what motivates the parents to care for their child? It is love. A child's survival, then, depends on securing their parents' love, which will, in theory, ensure their safety and well-being. Which is one reason why children have evolved to socially adapt to their surroundings. The child begins learning from the day they're born what does and doesn't work to get the attention and care of their parents. Does crying get their attention? Does yelling make them go away? If the caregivers were to walk away from the child every time they yelled and not come back until they stopped, the child may learn to fear their own anger. They learn it's not safe to be angry because showing anger will lead to abandonment. So they may react with fear to their own feelings of anger, and in time they may learn to hide or suppress it. But one thing is for sure, when we reject or deny our feelings, we cannot find the curiosity we need to understand them. Let's look at a more complex example. Say the caregivers give the child lots of attention and affection when they're obedient and do as they are told, but abuse or ignore them when they don't conform to their wishes. Well, the child may learn that they must conform and be obedient to be deserving of love. And love, for the child, is security and survival. It is in this way that we develop a subconscious sense of who we need to be and what qualities we need to possess in order to be worthy of love, and thereby to feel safe and secure. Perhaps this child will find it difficult to say no or express their thoughts and feelings when they anticipate disapproval since this triggers the fear of abandonment in them. Someone else may have learned that they need to be intelligent in order to secure the approval of others. Perhaps this person wants to control how other people see them, and they avoid talking about things they don't know much about, lest they feel stupid. Acceptance is a need, and it's natural for everyone to fear rejection. But as I said before, what people think will lead to acceptance or rejection is something we all learn. So, whenever you have a socially related fear, 
you can ask yourself, why am I afraid of this? And what feeling do I think that happening would give me? In doing so, you will come to discover on your own that your socially related fears all boil down into one, the fear of abandonment. Your fear of people getting angry with you? Abandonment. Your fear of people being disappointed in you? Abandonment. Your fear of people thinking you're stupid? Abandonment. Your fear of people thinking you're unattractive? Abandonment. The jealousy you feel in relationships? Abandonment. Overcoming your fear of abandonment begins with admitting to the fear of abandonment. As I've said before, we don't really fear any person, anything, or event. All we really fear is our own unhappiness, our own feelings. And yes, we fear fear. That is why it's so important to get comfortable being uncomfortable. By stepping into the fear and staying in the fear, without obsessing over what you want or don't want to happen in your life, you can better understand the fear. You can simplify it. And simplifying our thoughts and feelings is the answer to understanding them. The reason being that the same feelings keep coming back to us throughout our lives. So another good question you might ask yourself is, when was the first time I felt this fear? When was the first time I had this feeling? This helps you understand that it has an origin in the past. And when you genuinely meet yourself in the fear of abandonment with compassion and mindfulness, the neurotic behaviors like possessiveness, jealousy, indifference, and withdrawal will naturally change and give way to a feeling of inner contentment. Confidence, bravery, and comfort with discomfort help and can alleviate a lot of fear, but taking this approach won't get rid of all the fear. Why? Because the fear of abandonment has its roots in the fear of death, which is certain to happen. The only way to be completely free of fear is to take a spiritual approach. So let us look more closely at the fear of death. The fear of death comes with thinking, I am the body. Many people may stop here and possibly defend themselves. They may think, I don't think I am the body. I am the mind or soul or whatever. However, our feelings tell us what we really think. If you ever feel anxious about experiencing illness, disability, pain, or death, then regardless of what you think you believe, the fact is you still experience yourself as a body, and your belief in the soul or heaven has not become your experience. So the apparent fact that we are the body is something we will have to question if we wish to realize freedom from all fear. So let me break it down a bit more. As far as I can tell, we're either born believing or quickly develop a sense of duality. We believe ourselves to be inherently, independently existent and separate from the world we perceive. We don't perceive ourselves as one with nature. We relate to our mind, our body, and our sense of self or I as not arising from or even being part of the world around us. This causes us to make the distinction between what is us and what is not us. We feel ourselves to be the body in an objective world of time and space, and we reason that the world existed before we were born and will continue to exist when we die. Certainly it seems that way, 
But when we look deeply into the nature of consciousness and begin exploring the nature of what is good and bad, right and wrong, real and imagined, objective and subjective, this dualistic view of ourselves and the world will begin to dissolve. Nearly all the famous spiritual teachers have said, in one way or another, that reality is non-dual. This makes perfect sense and is acknowledged by scientific reasoning. The whole universe is stardust, including this body and this planet. We experience things as separate from one another, but that's all it is, a mentally created experience. The separation isn't real. Just as in a lucid dream, when you know you're dreaming, you walk around a dream world, but you understand all parts of the dream, including your dream body, are all the mind. The universe doesn't have parts, because it is the parts. The ocean doesn't have waves. The waves are the ocean. To explain this unity, this non-duality, the Buddha taught interdependent arising, which can be summed up with the phrase, this is because that is, or this is like this because that is like that. He said, everything which appears to exist, exists independent on everything else. Therefore, there is no separation between this thing and that thing. And this means you are not a person in a world, but you are the world. Through practice and grace, it's possible for the mind to stop conceiving and stop perceiving the sense of separation. In doing so, you realize, rather than believe, that you are the universe and all that it contains. And this will free you of all fear. After all, you don't worry when a single cell in your body dies. And if you know yourself to be the universe, then this entire body, which you now relate to as yourself, would be seen in the same way. And losing the body would be as commonplace as dead skin falling off. And that is why understanding the nature of ourselves, the nature of identity, is the answer to all our problems. Since it's that sense of separation, dependent on a mistaken sense of self, that gives rise to fear and sadness and anger. By understanding who and what we really are, we lose all the craving and lose all the fear and finally feel complete. And as you might imagine, this is a very profound subject and I will have to discuss it in future episodes. But I hope that gives you some context as to where fear comes from and why we feel it. For now, don't forget to join the Learning to Be Happy Facebook group and check out my website, www.theheartchakra.ca for affordable counseling and spiritual healing services, online and in person. Catch you next time. Bye.